Hello, amazing educator. I'm Meredith and I'm in your corner. This podcast is designed to help you transform from overwhelmed to overjoyed by helping you prioritize your life in a way that works for you. Not only with self-care, but with soul care so you can thrive instead of just survive with less stress and more real joy. This podcast is only one of many ways I help teachers like you who are looking for deeper support with your well-being on every level. Be sure to check out my upcoming book, Keeping Your Light, Soul Care for the Whole Educator. It's coming out September 21st, the International Day of Peace. You can visit my website, thetransformsteacher.com to learn more. In the meantime, if nobody else tells you today, you rock. Hello, beautiful. How are you? Hope you're doing great. This episode today is all about how you carry yourself in the classroom. And like most of my podcast episodes, this one is, as usual, geared toward women because we are in a profession that is comprised of, at last count, 80% women. Teachers are usually, traditionally, historically women. If there are men out there who are listening or other folks, I am happy for you to join in the conversation. You will probably find something that can apply to you as well. I hope you do at least. But I'm really wanting to um, talk to women out there because in this profession, we need to teach people how to treat us. And that is a wise saying that I'm sure you've heard before. And if you haven't, I'll say it again, we teach people how to treat us. And the way that we do that is by showing how we treat ourselves. And a big part of that is how we carry ourselves. And so I wanna share with you in this episode four strategies, techniques, tools, tips, reminders, whatever you want to call them, to help you keep it very simple when it comes to how to carry yourself in the classroom and throughout life. So before I get into this, I want to acknowledge the very real stressors that come at us on the daily, as our students would say, Um, and maybe as you would say as well, I don't know. But the stresses that we have and the stressors that we have are like a freight train that just keeps on coming with, with more and more cars and more and more stuff that keeps on, we just are trying to manage it all. And just when we think we've got one dealt with, another one keeps coming. And I want to encourage you to challenge that, first of all, in this season of anxiety and pressures and high expectations and high hopes and all of the things that we want to go right, it can be all too easy to let that inner critic and that perfectionist and that fear inside of us that have a role to play in our lives, they just can't be in the driver's seat. When we let those you know, less helpful things run the show, it's not going to be beneficial in the long run. So what I'd like to encourage you to do wherever you are, whenever you're listening, whether it's back to school season or another time of year, give yourself permission to take a break, even if it's for a couple of hours or a couple of days, or if you're listening at a time when you can actually take a couple of weeks, (laughs) may the force be with you. However and whenever you can get a break to just detach from everything that is causing that anxiety, what it's going to do is allow your mind to be clear. 
And when your mind is not focused on all of the other ways that you need to take care of others, but is instead focused on your own nourishment and your own self-care and soul care and well-being, marvelous things can unfold and you can get incredible downloads. So this summer, I was recently at the beach and one of the downloads that I got that I wanted to share right away is this one. And it's really about how we walk, how we go through the day, how we talk to people. And the reason that I want to share this with you is when those stressors come at us and when everyone else's feelings, if you're an empath like me, you soak up other people's emotions very easily. And there are so many studies out there about all of the different disorders or issues or problems that we as humans have one at one point or another, I feel like we all have either encountered them or dealt with them. I'm not the expert on that. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm just here to say that when we do sort of have those behaviors that are not as helpful to us, that come from needing to go above and beyond, needing to take care of everyone else but ourselves. I think something in our subconscious believes that if we just go that extra mile, that extra step, that it's all gonna come back to us in one way or another. The balance comes when we give from a full cup. And when you are truly giving from a full cup, it comes from a sense of abundance, knowing that the replenishment will come and that you don't have to be driving on empty when you're giving when you're trying to give from a half empty cup or nearly empty cup you're going to feel burned out and resentful if you give without having something in the reserves to turn to it's going to result in burnout and how burnout manifests is different for everyone I don't specialize in burnout. I always shout out Amber Harper of the Burned In Teacher. She is the um, what I what I consider the the leading uh, one of the leading voices, at least in in the realm of how to hack teacher burnout. She's got an amazing book. She's got an amazing podcast and an amazing course. I can also recommend Angela Watson and her Truth for Teachers podcast and other podcasts. I could go on and on and on about that. What I am starting to understand is the effects of demoralization on the education profession at large. And that's why I'm writing my next book, Keeping Your Light, Soul Care for the Whole Educator, coming out on International Peace Day, September 21st. Look out for it. Follow me on it. Follow me on Instagram if you want more details about what is in the book, what you can expect, and a few sneak previews and all of the things. Um, I'm really excited about this book and I'm learning a lot as I write it because I feel like it's truly written from my soul and my other two books, my first ones, Captured Fireflies and Freed to Teach. If you've ever written a book, you know what it's like. It's incredibly arduous work. It is so um, tedious at times. It's confusing. It's overwhelming. It's exhausting. It's like standing at the bottom of a mountain and looking up and like, I got to do that. <laughs> and that's how it was with writing my first two books until the path got really um, brighter and more beautiful and lighter and my pack got a little bit lighter after I started eating the snacks. If you know what I'm talking about, if you've ever been hiking, you know what I'm talking about. Um, thanks for just going with the analogy there. But anyway, it still felt really 
difficult. And this next book also has been difficult. I always liken publishing a book to having a baby. And whether you bring a new life into the world yourself or whether you observe someone else or whether you're a partner to somebody or whether you're um, taking care of a new life in, in whatever way it is, uh, it could be a puppy that we're talking. It could be a goldfish. I don't know. It, it's not. It's not the same thing. I get it, but it is just as arduous and demanding. And when you have a baby, when you give birth to a baby, and when you observe others giving birth, you know. You you see um, when you're witness to that new life coming forth. It's something so beautiful, and it just gives you that sense of hope and renewal. But to get there to that place can be a lot easier said than done. So what I'm asking you to consider today is who are you right now? Before we begin the episode, before you go into your new school year, who are you right now? And as a teacher of English, we usually talk about the character of someone that we're reading in a novel or a play. And one of the things in our curriculum is to look at the acronym STEAL, S-T-E-A-L. Um, look at the character's speech, look at their thoughts, look at their effects on others, look at their actions, and L stands for looks or appearance. Like how do they look? Not just how they're dressed, but you know their appearance. How do they, um, oh, I don't know, what, what do they wear? What's their hair like? All the things. Um, so steel is what we use to analyze characters that we're reading about. But I, maybe you could look at yourself and analyze your speech, your thoughts. What's your effect on others? What are your actions? And what are the looks? What are the looks that you give your students when they're on their phone and you told them not to get, not to be on their phone? What are the looks you give your colleagues when you're walking down the hall? What are the looks you give to the clerk as you're checking out from the grocery store? What are the looks you give to a driver who cuts in front of you? <laughs> Traffic, don't tell me. It's okay. No judgment. <laughs> Maybe it's more than a look. Okay, we'll just move right along. But anyway, um, the reason for that is when you know who you are, then you can know where you want to go. And I want you as a listener and also as hopefully a reader of my next book, Keeping Your Light, to really understand who you are and how incredible you are. And when I say that, it sounds trite and it sounds like the cliche that we all hear. But, or if you're not hearing that enough, let me repeat it again. <laughs> Who you are is incredible. If you are an educator, as I always like to say, you're magic in human form. You help bring about miracles every single day. And when you know this about yourself and when you have dignity and pride in the fact that what you give is immeasurable, that allows you to give yourself permission to go in the direction that your soul is calling you to go. And that might be something as simple as planning a new creative lesson or a field trip or something like starting your own podcast or starting a YouTube channel or starting a side business or writing your own book or starting a garden. When you have a creative passion that your soul is leading you to pursue, it allows you to remember a little bit more about who you are. 
because as I always like to say, teaching is about who you are more than what you do. It's how you show up, how you really enter your classroom each day, the school. And it might have to do with the when and the why you're entering that space, but the how is really important because that's something that you get to decide. You get to have control over how you show up. And what I'm talking about today, about how you carry yourself, it really is important because what I fear, and I always like to say, keep the faith over the fear, and I know I'm not alone in this. I fear that this era that we've been going through, not only with COVID and the edu exit, as it's called, or the edu exodus of talented teachers leaving the profession in droves and administrators and staff, it's not just that, it's demoralization. Because as I was trying to say earlier, burnout is not my, I don't analyze a lot about burnout. I'm not, I'm not an expert in that. Um, and I'm not an expert in demoralization, but I have experienced it before. And demoralization, I'll just give you an example, is when you feel like you had really high hopes and you were really looking forward to, I don't know, maybe a certain class or you were really looking forward to something just going your way. And when it didn't, you can feel like, what's the point? Why bother? It's just going to be the same old story. I'm challenging you today to really push back on that narrative that is either being given to you or that maybe you're not aware that you're giving to yourself. Hey, been there, no judgment. But if we tell ourselves it's going to stink again this year, or this is going to be this eye rolls, looking at watches, feeling like, Ugh, I have no control over anything. Everybody's wanting something from me, yet I have nothing to give. I have no time. What we, what we think about, we bring about, and what we speak has power. Um, for example, there, I live in North Carolina, and there's a beautiful river on the way to the beach. It's called the Cape Fear River. And I'm not an expert on why it's called the Cape Fear River. I believe it has something to do with the fact that there were pirates at one point and it caused fear or there were shipwrecks. I need to look it up. I'll look it up. If you really want me to find out, just ask me and I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> but in the meantime, what I want to say is I don't like that name for a river. I hope someday it'll be called Cape Faith River <laughs> because we've got Cape Hatteras and Cape Lookout and the other capes. I have a wonderful teaching colleague who used to teach, well, he still teaches eighth grade history, um, North Carolina history, and he would literally put on different capes when he was teaching the capes to his eighth graders. And I just think that's so creative and awesome. And that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Who you are is so much more important than what you do. When you come in with that kind of courage to express yourself, to be creative, to be passionate about what you're teaching, Put yourself out there try something new you never know how it's going to go but when you carry yourself in a certain way that's really going to help convey that you are not only just a warm body in the classroom taking role and going through the motions but that you are honestly a miracle yourself helping make miracles happen every day so when you're carrying yourself 
a lot of the times the demoralization and the stress might make you want to hunch over or it might make you want to pull out that bag of Cheetos or get that nutty buddy bar from the teacher's lounge or the Coke, maybe the fifth Coke of the day just to get you through. Or it might make you feel like in order to get ahead, you got to stay up till midnight grading papers. That's only keeping the hamster wheel churning. Those papers will get graded and you are only one person. You can only do so much. And you have to remember that your resources of time and energy are finite. There's not an endless account of time and energy. But when you're inspired, time and energy can be created and can expand. So the way that you can really gain that inspiration is to just remember these four, like I said, you can call them tips, techniques, strategies, tools, whatever you want. When you remember this about how to carry yourself, it can make all the difference. So let me get into these tips <laughs> so that we can get rocking and rolling and moving and grooving. Number one, when you are walking through the school building, when you are walking into your classroom, when you're walking through the grocery store, keep your chin up. And when I say that, I mean that figuratively, but also literally. I have a good friend who recently told me that. He said, remember, keep your chin up. And what I take that to mean is when you're keeping your chin up, you are able to look up. You are able to see all of the things to be grateful for, all of the abundance around you. Whether you're outside or inside, there's something beautiful and wonderful to be grateful for. And if you don't see anything, change where you are and get to where you can feel that. Even if it's for five minutes a day, get to a place where you can look up and say, wow, gosh, it feels so great to be alive right now. Like the song by Travis Tritt, one of my favorites. It's a great day to be alive. Have you ever heard it? Anyway, when you keep your chin up, you are able to allow your eyes to see higher and better and you're able to keep your ideals at the forefront you're able to see people when they're looking at you if you're looking down all the time you're not able to make eye contact you might miss something with your students it's that dejected demoralization that's trying to get the best of you don't let that happen keep your chin up and when you keep your chin up it also really conveys to everyone else around you that you are a person who is not to be trifled with. You have dignity and you have worth. You have good self-esteem. So keep your chin up. It doesn't mean keep your nose in the air looking down at others because sometimes when you are on the floor with your kindergartners reading a story and one of them is next to you and wanting to turn the pages, you're keeping your chin up and looking over at them with a big smile. That's also keeping your chin up. And then you also, as a high school science teacher, might be sitting down and looking up at one of your students as they're conducting an experiment. That's keeping your chin up. You're serving and you're leading and you're not afraid to get low when you need to, to help others rise. And keeping your chin up by pointing the way up for them. So keeping your chin up is very important when it comes to carrying yourself. So just remember that as you're walking through the building, making those copies, getting that coffee, whatever you're doing, keep your chin up. And while you're at it, 
have you ever noticed that it's so much easier to smile when your chin is up? Because that smile is such a gift to everyone. And the smile that comes from within, that smile that comes from the joy, you think about something that makes you smile. My sister makes me smile when I think about her. She's so funny. She recently had a birthday and she just makes me laugh. Do you have someone in your life like that? Think about that person. And it'll probably make you want to laugh, but instead of laughing, you can just smile real big. The best smiles come when you're laughing because you're feeling deep joy. Remember that during your next family portrait. Just get the photographer to make your kids laugh because a smile that's forced, people can feel that it's not coming from your soul. All right, so tip number two, let's go down the body, right? <laughs> um, keep your shoulders back. Keep your shoulders back. And this is so that you can open your heart. When you have an open heart, you can allow your heart to receive the love from others that will allow your heart to feel full. And too often we go through life with bitter, angry hearts that have been intoxicated in whatever way from others' pain and trauma and hurt. And if we see someone who's hurting, it can make our hearts hurt too, especially if you're an empath like me, you, you can almost feel what others are feeling. You gotta know where other people end and you begin. When you have that open heart, it takes a tremendous amount of courage because you are risking vulnerability. When you show, hey, I'm here and I'm proud and I got my chin up and I got my heart open, somebody could laugh at you. Somebody could ignore you or dismiss you or just plain old pretend like you're invisible. And that's taking a risk. But there's a little law of the universe called the law of cause and effect. Deepak Chopra wrote about it. When you put that out there into the world, when you put out that positivity, that hope, that faith, that I'm going to open my heart to receive goodness, kindness, love from others, that means that you are going to receive it in some shape, form, or fashion. When you put out that loving, kind, joy, and wholeheartedness, it's going to come back to you. Maybe in the next 20 seconds, maybe in the next 20 minutes, maybe in the next 20 years, but keep at it and you're not going to have to wait 20 years. Just keep going. Keep the faith over the fear. So shoulders back also conveys that you're a person of dignity and worth and you deserve to be treated that way. You are not a robot. You cannot, your job cannot be replaced by artificial intelligence or technology. It can be helped by that. Those are tools that can help you, the brilliant human, do those things, but you are irreplaceable. And what you do is so incredible. Every time I see you, I'm like, wow, how did they do that? <laughs> Just remember that, okay? Tip number three, moving down the body. Go to your abs. And if your abs are a little bit, you know, on the, on the side of the dad bod or the mom bod, I want you to rock that and I want you to feel proud of that, okay? Or the freshman 15, as they like to call it, that never went away. Who cares? We're not talking about that. We're talking about when people say, trust your gut. I believe that that means that that gut feeling inside is one way our soul tries to speak to us. You know, that gut instinct. 
and that needs to be protected. And when you tighten up your abs and sort of have that mentality of abs in, remember shoulders back, chin up, abs in, you might think that I'm making you sound like making sound like a drill sergeant. No, 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 because we're not trying to do that. This is going to take practice. It doesn't have to be an overnight process. You could start one day and say, today I'm going to keep my chin up. Tomorrow I'm going to try to keep my shoulders back. And the next day I'll try to keep my abs in. You don't have to do it all at once. It's hard. But with practice, you'll get there. And what that does is it allows you to have better posture. And it strengthens your core. And the core of who you are deserves to be protected. It protects and it strengthens you. So when you have your abs in, your abdominal muscles are, are working when you do that. Slowly but surely they're working. So you can be doing that when you're sitting there grading papers or planning lessons. You could have your abs in when you're at a faculty meeting, when you're sitting in a parent-teacher conference. Abs in, meaning keep that gut of yours <laughs> um, in a place where it's protected because you need, you need that gut because you need that gut instinct and you need to be able to trust your gut. So you need it to be protected and strengthened. And that brings us to the last tip, which is a little PG-13 rated because I'm going to use the B word, but. <laughs> um, but just like the Barbie movie, if you have not seen that, whether you have or you haven't, it's, if you've seen it, you know, if you've, if you've seen it, go see it again. And I will too. It's incredible. It's beyond um, description at this point. And I think so many people are trying to name why it's so profound, but it is just so on point for everything that we deal with in our culture today. So the Barbie movie is rated PG-13, but I kind of think it could have been rated PG. I mean, PG-13 was a little bit. Anyway, what I'm about to say is I'm using the, the B word, but, and I'm, I'm using it in this context. Has anybody ever come over when you're in an intense conversation with someone else and you want to say, this is an AB conversation. Will you see your way out? <laughs> Will you butt out? That's what I mean by that. I mean, when you sort of have this understanding that whatever's behind you is not your concern. Just say, get behind me, you know? <laughs> Whatever is behind you that you've already dealt with, that you've already said goodbye to, you don't really need to look behind you and see what's going on. You need to just say to whatever the junk is, butt out, I don't need you. So <laughs> that's how you can remember that. If you are in a place this year where how you carry yourself is feeling harder and harder to do the four things I'm talking about. Chin up, shoulders back, abs in, butt out. Meaning anything that's not good for you, just say butt out, you know? I don't need you. Get behind me and let's just move on, you know? Because you can trust that when you're walking forward with your chin up and your heart open and your abs in, that you're protected and that you aren't walking alone. If you're in that place where you're finding it harder and harder to realize that and to really feel it in your bones, I want to invite you to check out my upcoming book. It's called Keeping Your Light, Soul Care for the Whole Educator. It's going to be available for you to hold in your hands September 21st, the International Day of Peace. 
If you go to my website, thetransformedteacher.com, you'll find out how you can get on the email list to find out all the updates. You could also follow me on Instagram and I'll be sharing sneak previews and what I like to call ultrasounds and heartbeats because a, a book is like a baby in my opinion. And as I've been sort of getting this book out there, I'm really understanding that it takes a community, it takes support, it takes collaboration to help bring something to life. So I hope you'll join me on the journey. And with that said, I'm excited about this upcoming school year. I'm, a, I'm excited to hopefully meet you in person someday, especially if you live in North Carolina. And I'm excited for you to read my book. And I'm excited for you to see your story and my story and in our story as teachers, because we can become transformed when we remember to keep our light and to take care not only of ourselves, which is great, but also, and perhaps more importantly, our souls. All right. If nobody else tells you today, you rock. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Transformed Teacher Podcast. I hope you found some real concrete strategies to help you on your journey. And I hope you felt reminded that teaching and educating is always, always, always about who you are more than what you do. And what you do matters because nobody else can do what you do quite like you can. Your magic and human form and you help miracles happen every day. I hope you'll be one of the first readers of my next book. Remember to be on the lookout for Keeping Your Light, Soul Care for the Whole Educator. It'll be available for you to have in hand this September 21st, the International Day of Peace. You can visit my website, thetransformedteacher.com to learn more. In the meantime, if nobody else tells you today, you rock. <laughs>